Hey guys, what's going on? This is Brian Murphy from One Time Mountain, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout with Max Bowen. Rock on! Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. I'm your host, Max Bowen. And joining me, as he always does each and every show, the one and only Curtis Hughes is back. Curtis, welcome, welcome, buddy. Good to, ha- good to have you here. Hi. <laughs> wow. <laughs> An enthused entrance, if I have ever heard hold one. On, hold on, hold on. I know we're recording this, but I'm just going to, let me try again. Hold on a second. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Go on, be here. That was okay, that was actually worse than the uh, than the uh, the first one. Good job. Oh, Good job. Hi. Oh my god. Terrible. Go <laughs> home. Go home. No, but uh for this episode folks, we are continuing our spooky series of interviews. It's it's October, of course. It's Halloween time. And uh you know, we love talking horror on this show actually. We've had a lot of horror writers here. And for this episode, we are we are going to be talking about works by three different writers, two of which you probably recognize the names. Uh, this book is called Dark Tide Nine, The Unholy Triketra. It is currently available through our good friends at Crystal Lake Publishing. And one of the writers, Jason Parent, is here right now. Jason, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Welcome, Jay. Hi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, that's kind of how I normally sound, but I know. great to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. <laughs> we should probably mention, of course, the other two writers, Curtis Lawson and William Meekle, were unable to join us. You got stuck with the least talented of the three. Sorry. <laughs> Untrue. Untrue. <laughs> But for this one, this this is really cool because it's 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 three different stories each of you wrote, and they're all kind of based on like uh, Celtic legends and myths. And uh, your story is called a knot within a knot. I, I guess I want to start by asking just like what you did for your story in terms of the myth or legend that you kind of incorporated. As the title suggests, a knot within a knot. My story's got multi layers to it a bit, so. It's really a three-part story within a three-author novella, I guess, would be. Uh, I'm the guy that connected the three stories, I guess. That's that's the way to look at it. My first part is uh, the story of a, a man in a plane crash who uh, crashes down in the French Alps and finds himself in a more disastrous situation than a plane crash. So <laughs> you can imagine how that goes. Uh, Curtis, so the plane breaks apart in the air and Curtis's story, it was the second part, uh, second story is actually like the front of the plane and it, that lands in a different area. Mine is the back of the plane. Uh, his happens. So the plane crashes during the night. My story begins with a gentleman on the plane waking up. His story takes place the night before, which then And it goes through a a whole different Celtic mythology. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of Celtic things going on in this area. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, but but that uh, I mean, I mean, they're all interconnected, obviously. Uh, When my my story, my second part of my story goes back to the same night that Curtis's happened, but again at the rear of the plane, different character. But in that second part you start to see some of Curtis's characters. You see my characters from the first part of my story and you get some tie-ins to Willie's story, which comes third. Uh, 
Now, Willie's story takes place after the crash, like far after the crash. Uh, and it's a character that's related to somebody who was on that plane. As you can imagine, my third part is taken from the perspective of that character. The relative, It's actually the spouse of the person, the protagonist in Willie's story. So not to pat myself on the back, the ending of this taps, it ties all three stories together in a way that I, I, I don't think I've ever come up. I know Stephen King hasn't come up with an ending as good as this yet. <laughs> no, dog is Stephen King. I love the guy. <laughs> Fairy tale is a great ending actually. So <laughs> I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You said it. It's uh, been said. You can't say it. It's out there now. Exactly. Exactly. Stephen King hates I'm you sure now. he could take the hit. <laughs> I know. See, Stephen King, I'm sure, has a very thick skin. Or he's home crying, like, why doesn't Jason like my stuff? Oh, God. If this I had is... that much influence over him, I'd be, uh... actually, I'd be scared because he, he, right? he's got money and power. Exactly, right. Exactly. <laughs> he'd squat me. Exactly. <laughs> <just> me. <laughs> but let's talk about tying this all together because everything you're telling me, this is, I'm sure. I had to involve some level of pre-planning to get everything together so well. Well, we each took our own, you know, we, we all have unique voices. Curtis is a little more uh, literary bent. I am, I'm, I'm all over the place to be honest. And, and, and Willie's, I would say more commercial, but with some kind of quiet cosmic horror in his, his stuff. So, but the three, it just melded together naturally. It, 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 it was almost effortless. And like we discussed endings, we discussed plots with each other and how we could tie it in and, and who was going to do what. And really did we come to any friction. It, it was just, it was seamless, which I personally am kind of a control freak. So I'm surprised it was seem. I, I I would probably be the friction if there was friction. So I, I was, I'm surprised it was seamless. But th- those two guys are, are incredible authors. They're they're. I mean, I I was fans of both before I got the opportunity to work with them, and it was just a wonderful experience all around. I'll bet. How did the whole thing come together in the first place? Like, what led the three of you to be working together on this book? All me. <laughs> that's actually that's actually true because uh, um, I was doing a, a different dark tide. So if you know about these books, they're 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 a series of dark tide books from Crystal Lake. All of them have three authors and I'm writing on a particular topic. So they're not the, each book isn't related. They're just part of a uh, an anthology type series, but. Um, like the first book was about I don't I don't recall, but there was one about vandals, there was one about zombies, there was one about uh, body horror. I was in the third one with uh, one of your friends of the show, Kevin Lucia, and uh, Jeremy Bates, and we did uh, what was called October's End, and it was three Halloween stories. So I had originally written the story that I wrote for this one for that. And I love the story so much, but there it didn't mesh with Halloween as well. It didn't mesh with what what Jeremy and Kevin were writing. So I asked Joe Meinhart, who's, who's the proprietor over at Crystal Lake, awesome guy, if I could uh, if I could do another one with with Celtic uh, uh, Celtic fairy tales as a theme. 
And he, he was all for it, very supportive. Let me pick who I wanted to join in. Curtis and, and I mean, Curtis, I already had a relationship with. I always or had just read his uh, Black Heart Quiet Boys book, which was phenomenal. And I was, I was like, Curtis, you want to you join on this? And he was all, aboard, all on board. And then Willie, you don't get any more Celtic than Willie. <laughs> so uh, he, he's like the epitome of Celtic. I mean, he's Scottish. <laughs> he knows it in and out he's he's our resident sme on on the topic so um he was all he was all for it too so it was just just it just came together easy i've, I've never had a project come together so easily it's a good problem to have was this your first time working with both curtis and william yes both wow. Uh, uh, wow. I, I i think oh, cool. i think i probably appeared in anthologies with both authors before yeah, but yeah. Uh, I wasn't editor or, or I didn't have any part of it. I was just a contributing author. <laughs> that surprised me because I believe you and Curtis probably crossed paths. Oh yeah. Curtis and I, yeah, we know each other from new England horror writers. Yeah. Um, we've, we've like, we've sold books at events together, stuff like that. So yeah, I know Curtis very well. Um, I, we're both in this group that was, Briefly, a chapter of the HWA, Rhode Island. <laughs> it's now called uh, We Are Providence Group. <laughs> I, I'm just a contributing author, <laughs> so I don't, I don't get involved in the politics and that stuff. Yeah. So I am—I actually am an HWA member anyway. So <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, did the story take you in any sort of new directions um, from the previous work? Not really the first story, part of the story. The first part is about about a gentleman again that wakes up in some strange surroundings, uh, finds an orphan girl, and and um, basically is lured into this village of call them druid-like folk. But uh, you know, it, it's it's really about perceptions and and how we can misconstrue. Uh, you know, cultures and societies we don't understand. Uh, so the real evil is really behind the shadows and, and, you know, lurking underneath the rocks, not the, not, not the in your face. What, what appears to, to our stranger in a strange land as, as evil. But then getting into the second part, uh, I took it from a perspective of an older woman who was traveling home to, uh, her husband had she was recently widowed and she was traveling home to be family that didn't to be with family that didn't really know her and that really just wanted to use her for her money so it was really a sad and and i hope deep kind of <laughs> part to it uh but it did it, it, it did take me to darker and, and kind of depressing <laughs> levels of, uh, of how people have, have reacted to it and felt for that character, which is, which is good. But uh, I also felt for that character while I was writing it and it, that wasn't so good. So <laughs> does that happen to you a lot in your writings where you have characters that you feel like genuine sympathy for? Yes. I mean, obviously a lot, a lot of my characters are, are based on a component of me. So you know, if I'm feeling self-pity at the time while I'm writing the character that has that, that what I'm feeling, you know, being presented, then, of course, you know, it, it puts you, put you in a dark space and place of mind. Uh, 
but it also helps your writing because if you're feeling it at a time, the words that come out are genuine. You know, it's it, it, if you, you can see the characters feeling it because they, they the reactions are real, the, the the thoughts are real, which is even crazier when you ask me if you ask me about my villains, <laughs> how real are they? <laughs> but, Hey, we all have dark moods sometimes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we definitely do. We definitely do. Actually, speaking of which, you know, uh, speaking of villains, I want to talk a bit about the villain in this in, in your story, which is this this uh, this god of night. Can you tell me a little bit like more about about this character and kind of the role they play in the overall story, but no spoilers, of course. So, Sir Sir Nunos, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, yeah. Um, Try to equate him to somebody more familiar. Maybe like the, a lot of people that are familiar with elves and 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 that kind of fairy tale folklore might know like about the hunt and you know the god of the hunt and that kind of thing. Sir Nunos is not quite that, but he's he's a big guy with a big stag. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. I don't know if that sounded pornographic, but it's not pornographic in the book. But he's a uh, he's just a the embodiment of, I, I, I actually, I'd probably equate him into maybe like a god of war or something. Uh, and I'm talking about the video game God of War or Ares, if you wish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he's kind of like that. And it's not necessarily that he's evil. He just doesn't abide by the same morality that we do. It's, um, you know, it's, it's just a savage world that he embodies and he's a savage part of it uh what sort of research did you need to do to kind of prepare for um getting the story written and for um collaborating with your co-authors yeah just ask willie <laughs> if you don't know ask willie no i'm kidding uh actually i i was what what inspired me to write the story in the first place is i was reading this very large compendium of um uh, Flame Tree puts out these beautiful books that they're anthology series. They're like weird tales or Celtic tales or Gothic tales. It's they have one of each, and, and I was reading the, fair, the the Celtic version. The stories, the Celtic stories that you read are not as good as Celtic horror. I'm just saying, you, if you go back and read some of those stories, it's kind of like reading not dissing Aesop's fables, but it's like reading Aesop's fables. <laughs> okay, so I'm dissing Aesop's fables a little bit, but <laughs> I don't know. It, add a horror element to all of those. All right, a better example would be they're, they're not as good as the original Grim Fairy Tales, put it that way. So if, they had, if you gave them a touch of Grim Fairy Tales, those Celtic stories could be amazing. That's what I tried to do and what I wrote. <laughs> Is this your first time kind of like incorporating myths and legends into your work? No, I, I definitely heavily influenced by Roman and Greek mythology in my work, but I don't like the whole, if I put it in, it's subtle. It's not, you know, Zeus throwing a thunderbolt out of the sky or so it'd be something more like um, Pandora's box, something, or maybe a uh, Prometheus or, you know, something with a morality tale to it that's not in your face. I mean, Prometheus and, and the fire is a little bit in your face, but, <laughs> but um, I wouldn't name my character. No offense, Ridley Scott, Prometheus, but <laughs> I, I would, uh, 
I would have a character like Prometheus in my book. Or, or if you remember that guy, I, I forget the character's name, but the one that had to keep rolling the boulder up the hill in Hades. And it kept, every time you get to the top, it just rolled back down. I don't remember who had to do that. It was, it was, I think it was one of the, uh, Ajaxes or, or somebody from the Trojan, the, the Trojan War or something like uh, that. Tip of my tongue, sir. Hopefully someone out there in the audience will know, or we can Google it because it's tip of my tongue. And it's gonna drive me crazy too. Some poor bastard. There we go. There we go. Some poor bastard. That's a good one. Also, if you keep a track, keep track at home. We have dissed Stephen King and Ridley Scott in the same episode. And Aesop's Fables. And Aesop's, yeah. So. Yeah. And it's Halloween trick or treat. So I think we nailed it. <laughs> No, the trick or treat movie is fantastic. So, like, I would, there would be no dissing on, on, on trick or treat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Know, All right. So, uh, Jason, uh, what's next for you? I mean, like, do you have other uh, books in the works? Are you working on on another on other collections? I just released a new collection called Down in the Deep Dark Places uh, from Weird House Press. The uh, there was a deluxe A to Z version which sold out right away which isn't impressive because there's only 26 copies easy <laughs> but but it's gone but they i do still have uh limited hardcover editions that are all signed by uh, and speaking of which i hadn't worked with curtis before but curtis is this is from weird house press which curtis is affiliated with he he wrote the forward for this so uh i have worked with him since <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, and it's available on paperback and ebook. And then next year, I will have another collection. That so this collection is pretty much all my non-Halloween stories. Next year is going to be all the Halloween stories, which I think, if I'm being honest, I think is my best work. Really? Okay. Can you give us any kind of hints as to what we can expect? Mischief. Yeah, I th- I think when I write Halloween stories, my love for the holiday. I mean, when I was a kid, I was I was trick or treating all night long. I might have slapped a few pieces of bologna on a car here and there too. So I apologize to those people now, 30 something years later, whatever it is. <laughs> but uh you know, it's just like that almost delighting being yeah, delighting and being wicked. You can you can feel that in my stories. That it's just you you want to root for the monster. You want to root for you know. I people like oh, are always talking about how they want a character that they can feel for a protagonist that's you know not you know that's flawed but generally good. Not always me. I I, I kind of like rooting for the villain sometimes. I want to see some wickedness on a page that that's not you know it's it's fake. So you know it's not it's not like some some jerk abusing some child it's some wicked monster tearing somebody's arm off that's fun pennywise doing it to the little kid and uh okay i think that was fun <laughs> but that was a that was a uh non-diss to stephen king all right well jason man uh of course always great talking to you and this book sounds like a real real patient so folks if you haven't already you go to crystallakepub.com look up dark tide nine you'll find it there get your copy uh of course you know print ebook get it from your local bookstore whatever you want to do and jason where can folks go to learn more about you and check out your works 
Uh, I'm on all the normal social media sites and authorjasonparent.com. Uh, not TikTok yet because I, I don't know how to jump and make things magically appear in my hands. But <laughs> I guess I'll learn that someday. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, Jason, thanks again, man. And uh, Curtis, great hanging with you again, buddy. And uh, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And with that, we bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, check us out on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. You can catch this and all your favorite episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And new episodes are added every week, as well as on Boston Free Radio every Saturday at 10 p.m. You get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com if you want to suggest a guest, submit your music, or just drop us a line. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.